0: Everybody, it's Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. Welcome to the Way, R122 Ministry Live, The Way Radio Live. And the title of today's message is Battling Depression Part Four: The Core Issue. And uh it just seems like this topic. I just uh the Lord is really just leading me to continue to research it and write about it and study it. And it's so closely related to, um, recovery that, uh, I've just got a massive amount of notes from over the years addressing the topic of depression. So, uh, again, I think it's a very important topic, especially for the times in which we live. So I'm just going to keep moving in this direction as the Lord leads. And, uh, I just hope it's a blessing for everyone that, uh, Participates that gets to hear of it, that gets to hear the messages, and hopefully it will help you, those of you uh, that hear it. Uh, So let's pray and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity again to gather uh, at a distance, uh, to learn of you, to gain strength from your word, uh, to look to you, and to strive to have a closer relationship and a closer walk with you. Uh, Lord, as we dive further into this topic of battling depression, I just ask that you would uh, comfort those that hear this message, that you would open hearts and minds and spirits to the truth of this message, and that your will would be done through this. and Lord, I lift up my mom today. She's in the hospital having uh, tests done for possibly some cardiac issues, and I pray that, pray that you would strengthen her, uh, bring her through this, return her to health, that you would give my dad strength uh, as he's by her side as she goes through this, and that they would be able to leave the hospital soon and get back home. In Jesus' precious and lovely name, amen. Uh, And I would just ask anybody watching, if you could just lift up my mom in prayer and my dad as she goes through these tests and that uh, they'd get her uh, health balanced out and she would be able to leave the hospital and come back home. Okay, so battling depression, part four, the core issue. Uh, And I hope you guys don't mind these sermons I'm actually writing out in long form because there's a lot I want to cover. So I'm basically reading them uh, and I hope it doesn't. Uh, cause too much distraction as you uh, hear these sermons. Uh, Previously, I addressed the topic of battling depression and through it, hope to provide inspiration for ways to focus our minds and turn our spirits to things that are positive, uplifting, and reflect the light of Christ. I believe the things I spoke of were good. However, if we don't address the core cause and reason for depression, we may end up in the worldly habit of moving continually from one self-help method to another, making ourselves feel better for a while, but not growing and maturing and overcoming because we have not dealt with the root cause of the problem. It seems the best way to grow, to mature, to truly rise above the human tendency to depression is to develop the constant practice of searching ourselves diligently to uncover our sins and our iniquities. The things that hinder our walk with the Lord and bring them before Him with a broken and contrite heart, in genuine sincerity, seeking His grace to wash and cleanse us of the filth and stain of the residue of sin. Considering ourselves from the context of God's perfect holiness rather than by human standards, by all appearances, we may be good, kind, charitable, generous, and loving, exemplifying the image of a Christian. But God's perfect and holy standard makes even our best seem tainted and stained in comparison. Knowing that we as believers are blessed to be covered in the perfect righteousness of Christ should give us courage and humility to shine his light into the hidden corners of our being so that what is contrary to him may be exposed, confessed, repented of, forgiven, and washed away through his blood. Sin is the core issue of human pain and suffering, and therefore, the core issue of depression. Even if an unfortunate person is clinically depressed because of a biological or chemical problem, their depression is still one of the results of the sinful state of the human race. Depression may be directly or indirectly caused by sin, directly as a consequence or result of sin, and indirectly, and that sin is the root cause of all human pain and suffering. The human race in rebellion against and separated from God is depressed and lost. Our entire race is out of sync with what we were created for and intended to be, to love our Creator and glorify and honor Him. Mark 6.34 paints humanity very well. It says, When He went ashore, He saw a great crowd, and He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The things we are taught by Jesus are the things that lift our spirits from a depressed state and guide us on the one narrow path of truth and happiness. There is power in the message of the gospel when we first call in the name of Jesus Christ for salvation, as one condemned or drowning as we experience the conviction for our sins and our rebellion. However, We also as believers by the power of the message of the gospel continue to call on the Lord for sanctification, for strength, comfort, and peace. It is a constant calling and a constant looking to him. Our regeneration by the power of the Holy Spirit is just the beginning of our long and joyous walk with Christ as we are conformed more and more to his image. This long walk will consist of bright mountain peaks and dark valleys of despond. This is why the strengthening of our faith and the deepening of our belief is so important as we walk through this life. When considering the power and necessity of the gospel, it is important to understand and experience godly grief and sorrow versus worldly grief and sorrow. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret whereas worldly grief produces death. Worldly grief and sorrow are what I witnessed for years in Alcoholics Anonymous and the Twelve Steps, and it is what the recovery industry and sadly much of the modern church profits, profits from, the pain and suffering, the worldly loss and consequences brought about by sinful choices and sinful living. The aim of the recovery industry is to return those trapped in sins of addiction to a state of proper, worldly living. The success rate of the recovery industry is dismal because it never addresses the real cause of addiction, which is sin. Instead, they label it as a disease and approach it from a clinical perspective. Because the core issue is never addressed, even in the rare instances where long-lasting recovery is achieved, the sober sinner is spiritually dead in their sins and trespasses and separated from God. Unless, of course, somewhere along the line, they have been confronted with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, been born anew, blessed to believe and repent, and began to walk with the Lord. Most of the modern church is attracting people with the carrot of overcoming worldly grief if they join the movement. Rather than the message of the gospel, which brings sinners to their knees through conviction of sin, and then to their feet as they are born again, believe, repent, and begin a faithful walk with Christ. Lost sinners are promised that their lives will be prosperous and happy, all their infirmities will be overcome, and the world will be theirs if they just have enough faith. However, because the gospel is absent, the misled place their faith in the movement they have joined, rather than Christ, who can only be found through the gospel and they continue down the long slide into destruction in ignorance and lies. They sought and were promised they would overcome worldly grief, and as 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, worldly grief produces death. This leads us to consider the important issue of medicating to treat depression. I admit that I am biased against medication for most psychological issues And this bias arises from my own experiences of being medicated for bipolar and ADHD conditions that I was diagnosed with many years ago. For me, the medications quickly did far more harm than the symptoms they were meant to address had done. So I ended up flushing them all down the toilet. And it was then that the Lord began to open my eyes to the truth of the gospel and to draw me to him. He worked those terrible experiences for my good. Romans 8, 28. Also, through the Recovery Reformation Ministry, I've met people who have been on psych meds for years and suffer from the long-term effects worse off than when they started. So yes, I am biased against medications to address psychological issues. However, I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and I approach these issues from a purely spiritual angle. Also, I do not judge someone because they have made the decision to treat psychological issues with medication after being advised to do so by a medical professional. Each person must make their own choices when dealing with their own issues, and I hope believers would do so prayerfully. With the above in mind, I don't believe anyone would disagree that at least here in America, psychological diagnosis and labels are placed on people far too often and psych meds are overprescribed. Sadly, like so much else that is wrong in this world, the problem largely arises from massive profit margins for the pharmaceutical industry, but that is a topic for another time. What I want to consider here is the potential danger from a purely spiritual perspective of medicating when depression and sorrow have arisen from the conviction brought about through the message of the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about the dark side's viewpoint here. Wouldn't it make sense if Satan sees a lost sinner, hearing the message of the gospel, having her eyes open to behold the holiness of God, and at the same time, the terrible filth of her sins, brought to her knees in conviction, as that truth sets in and burdens her spirit, to quickly numb her up and give her a false sense that she is perfectly fine, just suffering from a malady, and as long as she takes her meds, she'll feel fine. Now, obviously, if the Lord is bringing that lost sheep to him, there's no way Satan is going to stop it. But the point is that there are times when human beings are supposed to experience grief and sorrow and depression. That is part of what it is to be human. And when we're faced with the great dilemma of our sinful state and being eternally separated from God because of it, with no way by our own power or resources to be reconciled to God, that is a very depressing situation. But it is a situation that leads to Calvary and must not be avoided. I'm going to step away from what I wrote here and just provide another example. I heard about a a woman who her, her spouse had died, her husband had died, and shortly after that, she'd gone to her doctor just for a regular checkup or whatever. She was not her normal self. She was going through a time of grieving. She was depressed because she'd lost her husband. And the doctor asked her what was wrong. And she said, You know, my husband just died. I'm really, I'm grieving. I'm upset about it. And he said, Well, do you want me to give you something to make you feel better? And she said, no, this is what I have to go through. I'm grieving, but it helps paint the point of what I'm trying to make here. There are times when we have to go through these things and that's what helps us grow and mature as people and as Christian believers. Uh, Acts 2, 36 through 40 says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified." and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Peter preached the gospel, and those who heard were cut to the heart. They were so distressed at the condition they found themselves in that all they could say was, What shall we do? We are unfamiliar with such responses these days because the gospel is mostly mostly neglected or ignored. But the fact of the matter is that the message of the gospel first convicts and then it saves. You have to know your condition and circumstances, or else why would you ever look to Christ for saving? You have to understand that you need to be saved, and that is not a fun experience. When someone is sick, is it more effective to treat the symptoms or to treat the disease? Is it more effective to tell someone what they want to hear or what they need to hear? Is it wiser to try to find ways to convince ourselves we are okay or to examine ourselves to find the cause of the problem? Is it better to cover up depression with a medically induced sense of well-being or to open ourselves up to the Lord in prayer, placing our burdens on his shoulders and looking to him for relief from what presses us down? People of the world look for ways to overcome symptoms and effects. Christians should be attacking diseases and causes. I'm speaking metaphorically. Rather than trying to correct situations, circumstances, and consequences, we should be examining, exposing, confessing, and repenting of the sin, which is the root cause of man's problems, pains, and suffering. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. One of the most effective ways to overcome depression is to get out of our own heads by helping others. Often, depression will cause self-absorption, and that is broken when we help others bear their burdens. After two years of the COVID hoax, constant news of war, food shortages, inflation, and the rapid decay of American society, depression has spread like a cloud. It seems that a major contributing factor to the prevalence of depression today, especially among younger people, has to do with the blurring of moral standards depravity is so rampant in American society that even Disney now must be boycotted by Christians because of their outright stance against traditional family values and for depravity and perversion. Disney movies used to be simple stories of heroism and good versus evil, and now the Disney company has pretty much made it clear that they have moved to the side of evil. I grew up just a few miles from Disneyland. My best friend's dad worked there and we spent many days there when we were kids. Now I look at Disney as pre-depravity and post-depravity. It is truly depressing to think about what is happening just in that one example. The blurring of moral standards, attempting to erase common sense guidelines for living does tremendous damage to young people trying to see the way forward in this world. For example, If I decide to go for a drive on an open and uncrowded highway in the open country, in order to clear my head and maybe work through something I need to think about, the smooth and uncrowded road may easily allow me to do this. The road before me is clearly laid out. There are no crossroads, there is little traffic, and there are no sharp curves I need to reduce my speed for. So I am at ease. All is clear and I am able to pleasantly relax and think clearly as my thoughts are focused and uninterrupted. However, if I am driving in a crowded city on a crowded street with other cars merging from both sides, constant stop stop signs and traffic lights, lots of pedestrians, I will be much tenser, possibly even with a sense of fear because there are so many possible causes of danger. No clear road that I can see ahead to provide the assurance of direction and safety. Now, What if I am driving in those same conditions in the city and all the traffic laws are removed? There are no stop signs or traffic lights. Everyone on the road can drive in any way they want without having to face any penalty or consequences for the damages their uninhibited driving might cause. My condition would be very tense, fearful, uncertain, angry, and probably depressed. I would very much desire that country road where I could see far ahead that the road is well-defined and clear, and any other drivers on that road would most likely feel the same way. What if we take this scenario to the extreme? What if driving conditions became so insane that those drivers who intentionally caused accidents, promoted speeding, and ignored all common-sense safety precautions were rewarded and provided special rights and privileges? and any drivers who spoke out against the insanity and disregard for caution and safety were vilified, attacked, and threatened. How might that affect my mental state while driving in such a crazy place? One major reason that depression and the issues stemming from it, like suicide, addiction, abuse, domestic violence etc are increasing at such an alarming rate is that the clear and familiar common sense laws of human morality and decency are rapidly being blurred into a lawless nightmare without a sense of direction people flounder and society decays seneca said if one does not know to which port one is sailing no wind is favorable jesus tells us in matthew 7 13 through 14, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. We are witnessing the fruit of a world on the wide and easy way. The question for each of us, especially in times of depression and struggle is, will I take the wide and easy way, following along with the masses who have no map or compass, or Will I take the narrow and hard way that only a few follow with my compass in hand and the footsteps of the Lord and the light of his truth lighting the way before me? Important questions to consider, especially during these times. That's all I have for today, folks. Hopefully next week, I will begin to tackle Psalm 51. Today's message was supposed to be just an introduction to that psalm leading into it. But there's, again, so much that came up uh, that I decided I'd hopefully address Psalm 51 next week, which is directly related to what we discussed today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this message. We thank you for the opportunity uh, to learn of you. To hear from your word and to be able to look at the world through the proper lenses, through the proper lens of your word and your truth. And Lord, I ask that in the coming week you would uh, open our eyes and our spirits and our souls more to the truth of the gospel, that you would provide opportunities for us to share the gospel with others, that you would lift the spirits of those that are suffering in depression, that you would uh, provide opportunities for us to help those that are suffering in it, and that we would uh, shine brightly with your light in the midst of this dark and crooked generation. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, if you get a chance, please visit elephantwalk.net. We've got a lot of changes coming to our business soon. I'll share those with you in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Some new projects taking place. Um, It's been very difficult to do business in light of world events. So we've had to make some changes, but I believe the Lord will work it all out for the best. Um, If you get a chance, please visit our website at thewayr122.org. Uh, Every sermon is published as a podcast the following week, and you can find the podcast at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Just search for The Way Radio in the search field. You can find us on Rumble, The Way R122. We usually have the sermons from Sunday uploaded, usually by Tuesday at the latest. And if you could, please consider donating to the ministry, and you can do that, again, by visiting our website at The Way, the letter R122.org. G. All right, thank you so much for listening. We' will, we will be back here next week. God willing. same time, same place. God bless you guys. take care.